Oh, jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday Night Magic number 666. I am Chewy, as you can plainly see beneath me. Over there is Squee. I am here, and I possess a skull of beverage, which and those of you listening cannot see. And over there, over there, is Clues. As was foretold, the candles are lit, the bell has rung. Oh no, that was, that was my phone. Oh. Yeah. Turn off your ringtone. Sorry, sorry about that. Please silence your phone before recording. <laughs> Please silence your phone before summoning a dark lord. <laughs> he hates that. Should Elvira show up, I would be happy. Yeah, yeah. Stark, I would swear at you, but there's no swearing on Monday Night Cult. Not since the incident of two weeks ago. There are oaths. Just not swearing. More of a sincere promise. Made with blood and possibly cheery. Uh, so, on episode 666 of Monday Night Magic, Klaatu Barata Oh, there he goes. Oh, boy. <laughs> Gonna be one of those episodes. No matter. Sure you didn't at all change the set into something about cookies and pumpkin. Ooh. That would never happen. And pumpkins. So, yes, we are here, of course, to summon our Dark Lord and also to discuss the news of Magic the Gathering. But those those two things. Yes, there is there is no third thing. Also, I got to tell you, if you are listening to just the audio version of this uh, summoning circle as it was, you're really missing out. You, you really should. are. Yeah. Go to YouTube.com slash the Manipool. Right. And check it out. There may be fire. There, oh, yeah. Um, while we're on that fire. subject. While, uh, while we're on that subject. <laughs> If at any point, chat, you see a fire break out behind Squee, those are real candles. He needs to know. I cannot rely on the delay of the stream to survive. Are yours not so. real candles, Clues? Oh, no, mine are all electric. They run by batteries. He plays with science. They, they, look, they look really good for, they do, for yeah. you know, battery-operated candles, but particularly... My only battery-operated aid is this lantern. Which is useful when tonberrying. <laughs> that is that is what that's used for, correct? You bring it out when there is a grudge for everyone. Right. So, we should get to the news. Submit it for the approval of the Midnight Society. We call this news. <clears throat> we seek the approval news. of no mortal. By the way, if you see some sort of manifestation of 
large hairy evil standing behind one of us. Probably me. Don't worry about it. The crease cannot harm you. What? No, I fixed that. Oh, good. That's why it cannot harm you. It's ah. a fixed crease. So, I can't. I can't keep up the voice the entire episode. It's too weird. Yeah, it would also take like six years to finish this episode if we did that. Excellent. No, I got to teach class in the morning. Oh, right, right. All right. So, teach uh, class like this. <laughs> First up is the obvious thing. Throne of Eldraine previews started last week on, uh, was that Tuesday? Um, Wednesday. I can't remember if there were any on. No, there were some on Tuesday, Tuesday, but the, the stream yeah. event was Wednesday. I think. I'm pretty sure. So we got a lot of cards. We got the mechanics, which is the important bit. Uh, we should probably cover the mechanics, right? That's what we do on this show. Yeah, I mean, if there are any cards in particular you want to call out as, you know, being great. But I, I couldn't help but notice that at the beginning of preview season, like the, the first several previews that came out, it was like, yeah, here's here's some, some cool blue cards and uh, not some cool red cards. And I mean, we have cool red cards now. We do now. It's just at the beginning. I feel like it was pretty front-loaded to uh, blue garbage. Yeah, you. Yeah. It did seem like a nightmare set for me for a bit. For a bit. Okay, so first up we have Adventures. And Adventures are a very strange mechanic from uh, Throne of Eldraine that only happen on creatures. But it's a... But it's a spell. But it's a creature. It's yeah. also a dessert topping. It is, a, and a floor wax. It's weird how that That's works. That's right. It is. So, uh, the example is Beanstalk Giant. Beanstalk Giant, for six and a green, is an uncommon giant whose power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. Nice and simple, right? Yeah, pretty straightforward. Pretty, yeah. pretty good. You know, but late game, here, seven mana, pretty big dude, like it. Over here on the left side, you, you have this little storybook page that says, Fertile Footsteps, two and a green, sorcery, adventure. Now, the way this works is when you cast Beanstalk Giant, you choose whether you're casting Beanstalk Giant or Fertile Footsteps. And that's when you cast it. So if you're casting it from your hand the vast, vast, vast majority of the time, but if you have something that allows you to cast things from graveyard or whatever, same thing. But when you cast it, you're, you're choosing which one to, to cast, right? Right. If you cast Fertile Footsteps, you pay your two and a green at sorcery speed, and it goes on an adventure. The adventure is search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Then the reminder text says, Then exile this card. You may cast the creature later from exile. And that's that's it. You can only get both uses if you cast the adventure. And then while the beanstalk is in exile from the adventure, you can cast the creature later. That's it. You can't... So if the Beanstalk Giant is on the battlefield and it gets exiled by, like, I don't know, Swords to Plowshares. Let's go old school. Then you can't cast Fertile Footsteps from Exile. 
only from if it's exiled from the adventure. Right. Did I about cover it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, there are a couple of weird, edgy rules things, which uh, uh, Tabak goes into at least some of it at the the end here, which is uh, it really it re- I, and we haven't seen the full actual rules text for how this is going to function one hundred percent yet, but we can infer it from what's been said. Uh, it only has the name Fertile Footsteps and a mana cost of two and a green, and is a sorcery when it's on the stack. Correct. If it's if it's anywhere else, it's Beanstalk Giant, six and a green. It's a creature. Anywhere else. So, yeah. So if you go searching for it in your library, you better be searching for Beanstalk Giant. But Correct. Now, that's you can name Fertile Footsteps with Meddling Mage. Right. And it will keep your opponent from casting the Fertile Footsteps adventure. So anything that says name a card, the name of the adventure totally counts. You can you can name it, and they can't cast it. Now, what I want to know is, and so you know the the card uh, light up the stage. Yeah. Yes. So with light up the stage, you can uh, exile two cards from the top of your library, and then you can cast them until the end of your next turn, right? Right. So can I cast fertile footsteps when it's there? Yes. Because you're casting it. Okay. Yeah. Pretty cool. I feel like this does what you think it should do most of the time. Yeah, Yeah, because that's what I think it should do. Unless they've worded adventure as being a thing that can only be cast from your hand. But Uh, I just don't... That was asked somewhere, and no, you can cast it from wherever you can cast it from. Okay. Yeah. But once it's been exiled by the adventure effect, you can't do it again. You can only cast the creature. Correct. Okay. So so there's... Th- oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's one of those things... It's like Bestow. You remember how dumb Bestow was when we first got it? Like, oh, the yeah. rules around it made it weird. But then when you play with it, you go, oh, that's how that works. And it's the same thing. So overall, I, I like the concept of adventure. Um, I, I think it's great as a... I mean, from, from my own play style standpoint, I think it's great because one of the problems you run into as, you know, a incredibly aggressive red mage is that late game you've got no cards in hand because you've spent them all and your idiot opponent has uh, stabilized on one because they're running blue and you hate them. Uh, and you've got no gas left. But here, you've got these creatures that are now in exile that are kind of, sort of, part of your hand. I mean, they don't count as cards in your hand, but they're totally, like, right over there, and you can still cast them. So you still got gas late game. I like that. I like that a lot. Yes. Okay. So that's Adventures. Yes. There are a lot... There are instants and sorceries. We've, we saw our first instant earlier today, I think. Uh, but that's how they all work. Nice nice and simple. Uh, the next mechanic is adamant. And adamant is an ability word, which means it's different. Oh, I thought it was Adam Ant. Uh, no, that was... That a, was trademark. So, wasn't that a band from the 80s? 70s, yeah. 70s? 80s? One of those? Uh, 80s, I think. 
And yeah, that was that was trademarked. Fair. So adamant is is an ability word. So the effect that you get each time will be different, but the setup is is similar for all of them. So adamant means you have to spend at least three mana of whatever the color the spell is. So there are examples here: the Embereth Paladin for three and a red is a four-one human knight with haste. But if it's adamant, then it shows up with a plus one plus one counter. So it costs the same amount of mana, but it takes a more intense red amount. More red. More power. Yeah, I'm confused on this uh, on this paladin here. What other mana would you spend? I don't understand. Well, like if you were playing Boros, for instance, then... Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. In, the, in the edge case, the like 10% of the time that you're playing Boros. Okay, I got yeah. it. Yeah. All right, fair. Then, like, Silver Flame right. Ritual for three and a white, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, but if you spent at least three white mana on it, your creatures gain vigilance until end of turn. Seems nice geez. and simple. You get a bonus for being heavy and white, but it's not useless if you're splashing for it. And the best example of that is the third example, Slaying Fire. Sounds good. What Read Slaying Fire, Clues, because I know you love it. All right, Slaying Fire, two and a red for an instant. Slaying Fire deals three damage to any target. Love it. If at least three red mana was spent to cast this spell, it deals four damage instead. Oh, so this is just a four damage instant spell. Unless you're splashing this, like in Limited. So this card is still really good in Limited as a splash, because, you know, red instant speed burn is always good to splash for, right? Look, I'm saying in Limited, just jam mono red. You can add as many mountains as you need to get yourself up to 40. It'll be fine. <laughs> also, but, I don't win limited much. Uh, we could tell, yeah. But if you are deep in red, then this card gets that much better. Yeah. Pay attention to the untapped land on the other side of the battlefield. It matters more than... That is a good point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess a couple of comments about the whole adamant thing. Squeeze, totally right. Pay attention to what's going on on the other side. And I I envision a lot of people screwing this up, tapping their mana wrong ahead of time, and, you know, getting to the point in the turn when they want to do the thing, and they're like, oh, crap, I can't do the thing anymore. Or or the scummy bastards who are like, yeah, he'll never notice that I only tapped, you know, two forests and two mountains, because I don't know how I ended up in these colors. I guess it's what the what it had. I also foresee this being uh, kind of annoying for the next little while on uh, Arena. Because, you know, Arena likes to auto-tap things for you. I expect you're going to play a lot of games where your opponent is tapping absolutely everything manually. Which, on the rare occasion I played Arena, is how I played anyway, so... All right, fair. I like to play monocolor decks, so I I don't bother. The auto-tapping screwed me on, like, my second game ever, and I went, nope, turning that off. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's Adamant. Nice and simple. Probably going to be more of a limited thing, almost certainly, than a construction Or something broken that costs three. Or that. So then we go to our final mechanic thing, and it's food! Make sure you eat and hydrate. Delicious food. At tournaments. Ooh, a pie. A screaming, bleeding pie. Yay. 
That was once a pig over there. So I pointed this out on uh, the mana pool, but look in the background behind the boar's head. All the eyes. Isn't that creepy? It is awfully creepy. And then on the, the basket here, you've got the wolf's paw, because this is totally the basket that Little Red Riding Hood was taking to Grandma. Like, like so they're just a little sinister. Like, the pie is screaming and bleeding. And there's a golden glowing apple. And pomegranates. Really weird, twisty bananas. And the weird, twisty bananas, which just freak me right out. That's fair. I don't think you've ever been to Whole Foods. Nifty scone and a croissant and some jammy Dodgers over here in Little Red Riding Hood's basket. You're I just wanted British. to say Jamie Dodgers. I wish Jamie Dodgers were more of a thing in this country. Uh, I think you could find him at World Market. Well, clearly I'm not going to go there, so. Well, I know, but, you know, that's where I found him when I was down in North Carolina. Fair World enough. Market. So, yeah, food is an artifact, a token artifact, like Clue and Treasure. And what was the other one? Uh, Gold. Gold was another token. Gold. Oh, yeah. Gold. Yeah. And like, uh, like, I, Oh, go ahead. I am torn on food tokens. Uh, on the one hand, I think it's, it's nifty and flavorful, ha! but on the other hand, Oh, and it's a neat way to have something to do with two mana at the end of turn when your hand is empty and your uh, bastard blue opponent has a full grip and is trying to figure out what to discard at the end of turn. Uh, it gives you something to do with that two mana, which is kind of neat. On the other hand, as a red aggressive player, the idea of my opponent gaining three life hurts my soul. Yeah. I, for one, hope this means that Yule Ooze gets an update because it instructed me to eat some food. Hmm. I mean, that was food lowercase, though, so. That's true. It was not a proper I don't, I don't think it needs an update. But yeah, so food is a token you get from things. For example, bacon to a pie for two black black is a common, common instant speed removal. It says destroy target creature, create a food token. Destroy target creature for four mana in inst at instant speed at common. At common, yeah. Holy things crap. Things will be eaten. Yeah, things will definitely be eaten. I also feel that if you have artifact destruction and you destroy a food token, uh, there should be a voice from just off screen that says, don't shoot food. D Red Goblin needs food badly. Exactly. But like... I... Uh... Oh, go ahead. I appreciate that food reminds me of bottle gnomes. Yes. But like the clue tokens and the uh, treasure tokens, there are things that deal with food. Not just things that create food, but things that do things with food. Like you can feed, you can sacrifice food to get some other effect. Which is uh, neat, because it looks like there's a fair amount of food creation in this set. Yeah. Baking. Bacon. And by the way, if anyone didn't watch the Throne of Eldraine trailer, go go do that. Oh yeah, you should totally do that. It it's brilliant. 
it's a roller coaster of emotions. There's adventure, excitement, love, sadness. It just despair. It's like a Pixar short. Revenge. It is kind of like a Pixar short, isn't it? Except and, it's got Garrick in it. Uh, it like a it Pixar began, short. <laughs> it began with War of the Spark. Uh, trailers have gotten way better for Magic. Right? They had that, that long one for War of the Spark. It was really, really good with Liliana in it. You know that? Remember that one? I remember yeah. the cover song. Herbamins is now following. Hey, welcome to the pool. Help us summon our Dark Lord. What? Nothing. That is his name. Dark Lord, what nothing. I would not go so far as to say that it's sadder than the first part of Up. Because that actually made Nothing me could be. Actually yeah. cry. <laughs> that, that would be really tough. It was sad, though. Even I reach for tissues. Tissues that did not. That movie was about a man in balloons. I think we've covered the mechanics now. All right, I was going to say, is that uh, is that all the mechanics? That is all the mechanics. That is all the mechanics. So, um... Oh, hey, wait a minute. When is pre-release for this? Hell, I don't know. All right, then carry on. I'll see if I can figure that out. Okay. Someone in chat knows, and they're typing it already. Um, so the card image gallery is up, of course. But this time, not only do we have a card image gallery, but it also has a section for the Planeswalker deck cards and a section for the Brawl-specific cards. Because remember, the... Uh, th- this set is the first one to have cards that are part of the set but aren't in the draft boosters. Because remember, we get the three flavors of booster now. They're not in the draft boosters. They're only in the, what are they called? The premium boosters and the uh, the brawl decks. Yeah. And look, there's a separate section for those, so you don't get confused, which is brilliant. It's better this way. So not only does it do that, but there's a second card image gallery... That is variants. So we get the full art, or the extended art, and the storybook version. I don't remember what all these are called. They had different like names for the different presentations, but you've got the extended art things like Rankle here. Let's go find the normal version of Rankle. So there's the normal version of Rankle, and then there's the extended version of Rankle. And then you've got these... All of the adventure cards have a completely new frame and new art that is really busy and kind of obnoxious, but very pretty. Showcase frames, thank you. Very Fae-like. Very. And then, yeah, if we find Garrick and Oko, these are the, um, the the full art planeswalker thing like we were getting in the was it the mythic editions where they were doing this we talked about this months ago and i haven't thought about it since but yes but yeah they're like the special mythic edition full frame yeah or just frameless so like here's the normal version of garrick and oko two of the planeswalkers we've seen and then here are the promo versions I guess we should probably talk about Garrick since he's back, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. suppose we should. 
Yeah. Tell us about Somebody. Ilkast. Squee. Oh, Clues wants Ooh. to tell us about Oko. Okay. Oh, God, uh, no. Oh, Clues, tell us about Garrick, then. Well, then I'd have to go find a copy that I can actually read other than on this tiny screen. Stand by. Yeah, if you hold Control and hit Plus, it'll it'll make it bigger. What? Who are oh, you? You're, in, you're on a Mac. Never mind. No, I'm not. We've talked about this. I'm not on a Mac. Are you on I'm Linux? I'm on a Linux box. Yes. Because well, you were on I've a Mac on for a, a while. Box for six months, man. Where you been? Not paying attention to what you use to look at stuff. Well, also things. Okay, uh, Garrick or Garuk or however no. you want to pronounce him. I still think it's Garrick. It is Garrick. Gary the Ruck Egg. Garrick, cursed huntsman. Huh, that's nice. For a black and a green. For a five loyalty legendary planeswalker, Garrick. For zero, create two. Two, two black and green wolf creature tokens with... When this creature dies, put a loyalty counter on each Garrick you control. That's nice. The wolves, Garrick Tribal. The dead, wolves, the dead wolves feed your Garrick Tribal deck. Minus Garish. three. Destroy target creature. Draw a card. Sick. That is sick. Minus six. You get an emblem with creatures you control. Get plus three, plus three, and have trample. Overrun. So... Garrick is just going to make wolves, and if you kill him, he only gets stronger. And once he's strong enough, the wolves get stronger. So, take that. The plan is simple. Also, it's pretty sweet artwork. Yeah, both of the artworks are, whoops, wrong way, are pretty sweet. I, haven't, I don't think I've seen the other artwork. Scroll further. Okay, I see that artwork. Is it is it further down? If you go to the very top, there's a link to the variant card image gallery. It's also in the show notes. The what's? There's this separate... show has show notes? There's a separate card image gallery for the variant versions. Hmm. All right. Let's find Garrick. Let's see if I'm blown away by the new Garrick. I mean, I really like both versions of the art. Yeah, actually, actually that's pretty good, too. Yeah. Pretty sweet axe that he got at the San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> it cost him more than it should. Yeah, well, many things did. That poor, poor cursed bastard. I'm just glad he's back. Yeah, made me happy. Yeah, I've missed him. I've been wondering what he's up to. He was on a wild goose chase to keep him away from Ravnica. I can only hope that Zombie Elspeth fixes him. So that I don't think that's gonna happen. So we've got Oko. Yeah, but six months from now when it does, I'm going to look like a frickin' prophet. Okay, I'm sorry, Oko. You already look no. like a prophet. Look what you're wearing. I'm sorry. It's true. Oko. Dress for the job you want, Clues. <laughs> I hate this guy so much. That's why you're we're getting Squee to tell us about him. Yeah. Oko, Thief of Crowns. One, a green and a blue. Legendary Planeswalker, Oko. Starting loyalty is four. Plus two. Create a food token. Say delicious. Plus one. Target artifact or creature loses all abilities. It becomes a green elk creature with base power and toughness three three. For those of you paying attention, that elk is the size of an elephant. 
That's a big ass elf. Minus five. Very large, yes. Minus five. Exchange control of target artifact or creature you control and target creature and opponent controls with power three or less. You can create food and then trade food for an elk-sized creature. Yeah, you can. I heard you like elk. It costs three mana. That's pretty good. Pretty good? I I believe the words you're looking for are broken. Yeah, three mana to have either five or six loyalty. That's pretty good. His defense is having a lot of loyalty from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have issues with this card. No. Yes, I know. It's shocking, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, this card is, like, stupidly under-costed, right? Three mana for a four-loyalty Planeswalker that does these things. This, it... Even if it even if it was one mana more, this would still be a really good card. Right? If it was two, a green and a blue, it would still be a really good card. Would it though? But no. Yeah. I'm with with so a plus sure. ability that's basically that awesome creature you just got out is a three three, have fun. Or the minus five of gimme, because that's really what it is. Gimme. I can has? I can has, yes. That is exactly what it is. You can has a smaller creature. Yeah, it's just give me a thing with power three or less. So it's not like nice Blightsteel Colossus, I'll take that. You know. First you have to make it an elk. Then you take it. It's a Blightsteel elk. Terrifying. It is, it is in fact a Blightsteel elk. <sighs> Yeah, I don't I don't care for this card. I think I think it's pushed too hard. You know, we have to we have to like beg, rob and steal to get a red planeswalker that doesn't just straight up suck. Well, but if it's got blue in its crowns. mana cost. If it's got blue in its mana cost, we'll just give you something that's a maze balls for like basically no mana. Enjoy. A maze balls is part of blue's color pie clues. Yeah, everything is part of Blue's color pie, and that is the problem. The trick is to call dibs on amazeballs. <laughs> also, uh, Gothic just subbed for 23 months. And Stark just yeah. subbed for 26th. Nice. In Oko's defense, he doesn't have a shirt. Mr. No amount of food tokens orange. will change that. All right. Well, enough about the Planeswalkers. If you want to hear more about the cards, go listen to the last episode of The Manipool, where we covered a bunch of them in depth. What was the last new Garrick that we saw? Um, when when was the last time Apex we saw this Predator? guy? And that Chet was said M- that it was like M fifteen. It was like four or five years ago. It's been a while. He's been busy. Yeah. So yeah, hybrid mana is back. Uh, We've got knights and fairies. Mm. 
We've got a little blonde girl that scares me. Crystal Slipper. As they do. Sir Conrad, who I think is my new favorite. Did you guys see Sir Conrad in black? Does he I have not. No, he doesn't. No! Sir Conrad the Grim for three black black is a 5-4 uncommon legendary human knight. Whenever another creature dies, or... A creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield, or a creature leaves your graveyard, Sir Conrad the Grim deals one damage to each opponent. <laughs> and for one in a black, each player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard, which could particular, uh, possibly trigger multiple one damage deals. We call it the Aristocrats. Yeah. That we do. But yeah, like I said, if you want to know more about lots of the cards, go listen to the Mana Pool where we go into them in, in great depth. All of but the cards. This is not the show for that. Nope. nope, that's a different show. Yeah. Unless there's any you guys are just dying to uh, to talk about. Are there any goblins? Uh, no. Then I'm good. I am entertained by the pumpkin one. But it is not in the card image gallery yet, to my knowledge. No, well, it, no was, it, uh, just, it was it was a today, today. Yeah. Look for that later. Consider that a hook. Yeah. You'll know it when you see it. Yeah, you will. And you'll you'll be impressed. Alright, and of course, if you want to know where to find the... Hang on, let me... Like the smaller the Throne of Eldraine previews, there's an article that shows you who's getting previews every day. You'll notice that we're missing off of this list, because of course we are. I was going to say, let me see if I can find us. Nope. Yeah, no. I blame their fear of candor. And if you want to know more about the Brawl decks, there was an article that, of course, Gavin Verhey wrote about that. It gives the full uh, deck lists for each one which you can play with them in Arena up until, I think, earlier today. Yeah, I don't know if it was today or tomorrow, but it ends, like, right around now. Um, I, I, I did play in this event. Today. Yeah, I did play in this event, and it was pretty cool. It was my first experience with Brawl, and it was it was kind of fun, honestly. I enjoyed it. Would Brawl again. Yeah, Brawl is like Commander without the OP. Uh, yeah, yeah, not quite as OP, and you don't have to find, like, three other people to play. You just need one. All right. So, speaking of Arena, we have some news with Arena, which is kind of awkward. Uh, so, Throne Wait, of Eldraine... What? I, I was going to say, is it that they fixed the bug where certain buttons were showing the wrong text? Because they fixed the bug where certain buttons were showing the wrong text. They had a, a, a patch today. Good job. Thanks. Okay. You're welcome. Uh, so, whatever Clues was just saying. So, uh, Throne of Eldraine releases on September 26th, and apparently that's when this game comes out of beta? Oh yeah, that's right, we found that out just before the show. 
which and like it's not listed it's not mentioned here that it's the full release of the game well because again it functionally it doesn't mean anything oh but this is from august 29th that's why this was state of the beta part one there was a state of the beta part two beta harder Uh, but anyway, uh, rotation is going to happen for the first time on Arena, which means that Ixalan, Rivals of Ixalan, Dominaria, and M19 are going to rotate out, and we get the new uh, Throne of Eldraine. So that's that's neat. And there's... So the big news is how they're handling freaking uh, Historic. Because Historic, remember, is the name of the format that's going to be... If you play Hearthstone, it's Wild. In Hearthstone, the Wild format is just everything that's that's come out on this game that's not in Standard. And in this game... Wait, do you really mean that? Or does it include the cards that are in Standard as well? Well, and yeah, and standard okay. as well. Yeah, it's it's right. everything, including the stuff that's not in standard. Where standard is just the stuff that's in standard, and that's exactly how historic is going to work on arena. So anything that's yeah. available on arena will be in historic. And there you go. Which let's start with the good. It's nice that there will be a place to play the cards that you have that aren't in standard. Let's just start there. That's good. Like it. I'm not really sure how I feel about the name, but I'm sure I'll get used to it. Yeah, it's kind of awkward since there's already the word historic that means something in magic. Remember that from Dominaria? Yeah. Oh, yeah, hey, there is. Yeah. Huh. No, so, I had forgotten that from Dominaria. Thank you. You know... But whatever, that's that's easy enough. Uh, so the main thing with Historic is that as of right now, because they still haven't walked it back yet, but they're, if you want to craft things that are in Historic, it's going to take double the wild cards. Yeah... This, this simulates is... digging through the box at the store. I mean, this simulates the high barrier to entry for older formats. Yeah, because yeah. you know what really makes the older formats wonderful and healthy is the high barrier to entry. So it's good that we get this in here. Yeah. I do not approve. I'll say that right off the bat. I mean, I... I understand that Watsi's overall goal is to get people to play standard, to buy packs of sets that are out right now so that they can make the sweet, sweet monies because they are a business and I do not begrudge them of that. But this really feels like a kick in the teeth because you know what? Uh, you know, it doesn't actually cost them anymore. The cards they've already implemented. It's true. They're, they're already there. Now, don't get me wrong, there's going to be a little thing we're going to talk about in a few minutes that's going to, going to kind of mess around with that. But still, 
this this feels unnecessarily money grabby is what this feels like. This is a shakedown and I don't like it. Right? It's hey, come come play this game. Even when they rotate, you'll still be able to play your cards. Oh, there's a new deck you want to build and you didn't actually collect that card back when it was in standard. Well, you should have collected those cards while they were in standard because now it costs you twice as much. Enjoy. Yeah, it's the the reason that I I think that that they're they're doing this is because they don't want people to focus on historic. Like they don't yeah. want everyone to focus on historic. So they're afraid, I guess. This is the only thing I can come up with that makes any kind of small amount of sense. They're afraid that people are like, well, I've already got all these historic cards. I'm just going to play historic and standard will become this barren wasteland because that's how it works in paper, right? Is one standard yeah. rotation happens. Nobody plays standard ever. That's correct. Yes. Pay attention to the numbers of people who do modern versus standard in every multi-event tournament weekend. Well, that's because up until relatively recently, standard's been kind of bad. <laughs> So modern was always modern has been more popular recently, right? It has. Yeah, modern has been more popular for several years. It has because a lot of people came in to play standard and enjoyed the cards they had, didn't want to stop, so they yeah. played modern. But it's not like standard is a barren wasteland. Like, no, no, there's still not at all. There's a lot of people. It's still extremely popular, and it's what most. Like F and M's and whatnot are, as far as I know. Right. So, like this, it's like they don't trust their player base to do what they always do, which is buy new stuff and keep playing the new stuff because standard is what lots of people play. Is the, like I said, this is the only thing I can think of. They want to push you to clear out your collection of dust or currency or whatever it's called right before rotation to get everything while it's at its best possible deal and then once you've done that you have to turn to money for the new stuff yeah I mean I am sure that there was a group somewhere within either Watsi or Hasbro who looked at the numbers of uh, how people behave when they've got wild cards sitting around and thought to themselves, it would be great if we could get them to spend all of those wild cards like right now so that they have no choice but to pay us the sweet, sweet monies to buy packs rather than just, you know, playing some and getting a few packs here and there. I mean, that part I understand. But the other thing about Historic is uh, Historic sets are going to be limited to buying the 45-pack bundle. Like, you can't yeah. just spend gold to buy, like, sets of, or packs of Rivals of Ixalan or whatever once it rotates. Which is fine. Like, that's that's how it is on Magic Online, is once the set goes out of print digitally, then you can't just pick up the packs easy from the store, right? Yeah, although that still feels so darned artificial. That, that's a choice that they're making. It's I not mean, a limitation. It's, it's, it's not that, that they're... Or they just don't have the packs at all like they do on Magic Online, where there just aren't packs. 
Right, which again is terribly artificial because it's digital, right? It's not like there's a printer somewhere who would have to print those cards and they'd have to ship them to your store, which would have to store them in their back room so that you could buy them. It's literally just all digital. They could continue to just sell me packs of Ixalan indefinitely, one pack at a time. Except but they've the... chosen not to. Yeah, because, and, and again, they are a business and they are in the business of making yes. money. So that part yes. I understand. Like, the, the historic sets of the 45-pack bundle, which I assume you can't buy with gold. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I doubt you can. It's probably gems. Yeah, like chat just pointed out, even Hearthstone, you can't just buy old packs with gold anymore. Once the set is no longer in standard, the packs just aren't there. Right. But again, that was a choice. Well, yeah, and it's because get, they want I, I people to the, play standard. They right. want people to have to buy the new stuff. I understand. And by making packs mo more unavailable, that, that just makes sense. But making the wild cards cost double is, like, over the line? Yeah, it's a step too far. Because, I don't know, It's just it just feels bad from every angle. Yeah. And, you know, maybe if there were a way to, like, trade for cards, we'd feel differently, question mark? Probably not. We'd still be upset. Yeah, I don't think that would make a difference. And they're not going to do that, were, so don't even bring If there up. were a way to turn the, like, thousand copies of a common that I've, you know, cracked into something useful, then maybe we'd dock. But no, you can't. It is. It's all it progress. Would... <laughs> yeah. I think it would be interesting if they were to have certain times of year where they would do a retro time. The Disney and then Vault. You could get these things, and then it goes away again, similar to what would happen with flashback drafts and whatnot, and Magic Online. And then everyone's playing that old format for a little while, until they're sick of it, essentially. And then it goes away before they hate it, and then later it comes back again, and you just know that this is your chance for right now. You still get that push to get things, but they don't ever actually double charge you. Yeah. So but we'll see what happens. They'll probably change their mind. That's just, it's like the thing that everyone is complaining about, and it's because it's actually awful. It is. Uh, proper awful. There are more bits up here about Historic. For instance, starting in November, they're adding new cards to Arena from across Magic's history for play in Historic formats and events. So they're just going to randomly add new cards to the Historic format. Which will cost cost you twice as many wild cards. Which will cost you double the wild cards. I don't like this. I think this is terrible. Yeah. I'd, That's I don't, pretty dirty. I overall don't care for it either. I mean, I get it. Like, every set that comes out, there are cards that would never get played in constructed formats that are just there for limited. And unless you're going to implement the entire set, you can't really implement uh, limited in arena, right? We, we couldn't do, we couldn't do a, a limited with original Zendikar unless we bring out all of the original Zendikar cards. So why don't we just code the ones that people will actually play and we'll stick those in there. And that's what they're doing. I get it, but it feels wrong. Yeah. Like to me, the whole point of having a new format is you have a new format. Like if it's going to be, this new format with a couple of like high power cards from like legacy 
oh, let's throw in a brainstorm or a freaking whatever. That's, I don't know, that seems like artificially trying to pump it up in the short term. Like, what's wrong? Like, the first time they've ever added cards to Modern was with Modern Horizons. Like, Modern had been around for years, and that blew up in their face because it completely ruined Modern for a few weeks, months, whatever. Yeah, so they made one terrible mistake. Yeah, that completely ruined Modern. (laughs) I mean, so it, it... It's a level of micromanagement of card availability that makes me uncomfortable, is, is what it is. Because they're going to make a choice as to what cards go in. And if, if your goal is to broaden the format, if your goal is to make it more diverse and to have more things that you can do in it, the logic, to me, the logical way to do it is just start adding sets backwards, right? So... Maybe every six months you go back one more set. Not one more block or one more thing. Just go back one more set. And that would be neat. We'll, we'll work our way back until we actually have actual proper modern on Arena. Then we, can tur- then we can turn off the lights on MTGO and everybody can walk away except the legacy players and the vintage players. Except that also sounds like a terrible idea. Does it? Adding the entirety of modern to Arena one set at a time? Yeah, it does. Why? Why Why not? Like, why do that? Well, because well, we can just string that bastard out forever, because every time we put in a new one, we'll have limited. People will pay for it. Then we'll have another set. We'll have limited. People will pay for it. And then eventually we get back to having actual modern, and then we can run our events in modern on Arena. Mm. That would take a very long time. It would. But, you know, we got to play the long game here. No, no, we, look. I mean, after all, their stated goal is to, number one, kill magic, and failing that, number two, kill paper magic, right? I don't Uh, think that's the case. Yeah, Clues, try to add some sarcasm when you say that, because people are listening. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you couldn't couldn't tell. Yeah, that was was sarcasm. Yeah, the, uh... They don't want They're testing like, the waters. They don't want historic to just be eventually be modern. That's that's not it. And Watsi lots of Watsi decisions in the the recent time have shown that they are not looking at the long game at all. Nope. So the, the question is why don't they want it to be modern? That's my question. Cuz the kids really love modern. I don't know if you've noticed, but you have because we've looked at the numbers together. Because, possibly, because they would have to, like, have ten times the number of people working on it to make that happen. Okay, yeah, but have you seen the numbers? This thing is a cash cow. But it's currently a cash cow without that much effort. Exactly. But it it could be more of a cash cow if we put modern on there. No, you just leave it as is. There's a finite amount of audience. Yeah, you just leave it as is and keep accumulating new players, and it becomes that kind of cash cow without all that effort. It's and currently so just, very accessible fragment, to new players. We just fragment into a new format then, okay. But yes, <laughs> that is what it does. More formats. Called historic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there have been people discussing a while, uh, for a while now that maybe it's time to make a new non-rotating format because modern is starting to get bloated Creaky. and hard to get into. 
Yeah, but it shouldn't be hard to get into. It shouldn't have that same bottleneck that Legacy well, no, and it, it Vintage shouldn't. do. And yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like they could fix that, right? They can print those cards. Eh. So do it. We had a valve for that. It was Modern Masters. We did it, and it worked great the first time. Even if packaging was dumb. Or was that the second time that the packaging that was, was, that was dumb? The first oh, time, by the way, Hasbro, I think, wants to make more dumb packaging. Do we have that article in here somewhere? We that was, about that was, we spoke we about, about that, that before. Yeah, we talked about okay. that already. Yes. Yeah, because That was two seriously. weeks ago. That was a crime of the past. Yeah, so also, let's just get off of this. Also, they're adding, like, a ranked queue in December for Historic. <gasps> and... It'll be a Historic ranked queue for around a month. So, there you go. Hey, the Infiltrator just subscribed. Thank you! By the way, nice. everyone, it is September here on Twitch.tv. So if you were thinking of subscribing, uh, then it's half price for this first month. And it's only half price on your end. As far as we're concerned, It it's, it's the same as it's always been. So thank you. Welcome. Okay. Uh, hey, chat, I have a question. A thought just occurred to me, and I'd like to crowdsource it if I could. Uh, have they, are there any reasonable estimates of the numbers of what they make on MTGO? Like money? Yeah. Because, I mean, oh. we've, we've seen some rough estimates of how much Arena gets them. Because they've told us how many active players they have and the average amount a player spends. But do we have anything like that for MTGO? I don't think we ever have, ever. I don't believe that has ever been Yeah, I, I don't think we ever have either, and that kind of... I don't weird. think they would ever want to share that. Yeah. That's important information. Oh, hey. Pinball Witch threw 10 bits plus one, and she pointed out, if you cheer with Subway, they add extra bits, too. Oh, okay. I was wondering why you huh. had a plus one earlier. But that explains the sub. Yeah, because September is actually brought to you by Subway, believe it or not. I did not put that together until just now. All right. Like I thought it was it a is. joke, but no, that's that's really that's really it. How strange. It is a much better marketing plan than they've had in a while. So, all right. That's a bunch of Eldrain nonsense and a bunch of historic nonsense. Nonsense um, for everyone. Earlier today, this 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 weird trailer was posted on the Magic Arena Twitter. Oh yeah, and oh god, oh god, it's gonna be loud. Okay, no, it kept oh, my my audio setting. But air at the very end, it says coming September twenty sixth, and we were like, what the hell is that? And apparently, September twenty sixth is when Throne of Eldraine releases, and when it comes out of beta. Now, apparently that was Arena announced last week, and I've seen literally nobody discussing this at all. <laughs> so, there you go. Well, neat. Nothing's going to change. Like Clue said, it doesn't make a difference in any way. It'll just have a 1.0, I guess, after it. It just won't, won't be beta anymore. It'll yeah. still get patched. It's just not beta. So, all right, let's talk about some events, shall we? Sure. Okay. That's a thing we do. It is, yeah, because 
That's the wrong one. Two weeks ago, the week that we did not record because uh, holidays and Squee was almost dead. Yes. Uh, Star City Games had their Dallas-Fort Worth open. And it was the first modern event since the uh, the summer of Hogak ended. The Reckoning. So let's just go look at this. Uh, nope, that's the decks. Aha, the metagame breakdown. Let's see here. There were 21 burn decks in day two. Burn. Uh, apparently, we're, we've are we decided to call the Urza deck Wurza. Get it? <laughs> I see what they did there. Because hey, you know, it's got that card think... with the were in the name that I can't remember. Were of Invention, is that it? Oh, that sounds right. So in, in general, uh, aggro burn decks get a week, right? So format changes because new set comes out. You've got your aggro burn for a week is what you get. Yeah. And this it is appears, essentially a new format because Hogak. I was going to say, it appears from this. Faithless looting. Stoneforge Mystic is back. Like, it was a big, oh my God. Yeah. If you shake up the format enough, we get another week. Yeah. Neat. So a lot of people just were slinging fire until the format settles down. Uh, 17 Wurza decks, 15 of the Mono Green Tron, 10 Titan Shift, 8 Jund, 7 Humans, 6 Blue-Eyed Control, and it drops down to 4 and less from there. And there's a bunch, as always, in Modern, because Modern. So let's go look at the deck list and see what the hell we're, we're dealing with here. All right, first up, uh, Harlan Fearer, I don't know how to say his name, uh, is playing the four-color Wurza deck. That uses Urza and Whir of Invention. Thopter Foundry, Sword of the Make, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you'll note there's no... Uh, What's-her-name here? Stoneforge Mystic? Nope. So... So this is a deck we've seen... It was one of the other big decks in the meta. No big deal here. Uh, Dylan Donegan in second place was on the burn plan. Hey, burn, and I know that guy. Yeah, you do. And yeah, I you like do. That. That's, yeah. Yep. And nice this, is, this is the normal Boros burn. Yep. Well, red splashing a tiny bit of white. All right, then. Moving on. Ross Merriam in third place is on Titan Shift. Which, yeah, that's the thing we've seen. Nothing really, we hadn't seen it in a while because of, you know, the summer of Hogak. Oh God, I shouldn't say the name while we've got the lights off and the candles lit and wearing robes because yeah, no, you're really, he you're might really show sure. up. That is how you unban a card. <laughs> yeah. Do you want Hogax? Because this is how you get Hogax. <laughs> uh, we, we, we don't. We've No. Uh, in fourth place, Russell Lee's on the Grixis Death Shadow deck. Remember that deck? It's back! Yep. Absolutely nothing to see here. Uh, fifth place, Zen Syed is on Burn. Burn! Still nothing to see here, really. Uh, Collins Mullen in sixth is also playing Burn. Burn! Hey, I know that guy, too. How about, aha, John Lim is on Rakdos Midrange. What? Oh, Bedlam Reveler, Dreadhorde Arcanist, Season Pyromancer, Hazaret. Okay. 
Chandra Acolyte of Flame, Liliana the Veil, and then Kulagon's Command, Lightning Axe, Lightning Bolt. Okay, yeah, this deck. Fatal Push. Oh, Fatal Push. I remember that card. That was a good card. Okay. Again, a deck we've seen before. No problem. And then... Uh, Sam Birkenbile, I'm gonna say, is... Rounding out the top eight with him on a green Tron deck. Whoo! Running two uh, Swag Tusks right here in the main. Hey, I remember that card. Yeah, you do. You hated that card, I bet. Uh, no, I thought it was kind of nifty. I saw a lot of it, but it was nifty. But it gained life, didn't that... It, it did, it did. But see how, uh... Could you just take a look... Could you read that mana cost for me? Four and a green? Yeah, see how it's not blue? <laughs> so, doesn't, the important thing to remember... The table. The, the cost of Thragtusk was three and a white. You just forgot. Yeah, that's Because fair. you blink it. And then you blink it. Yeah. But it had to be in play in the first place. A very small price. <laughs> you're reanimating. See, then you've, you've got your two flavors of Karn and you're the Ugin... Yeah, yeah. Pretty normal. Walking Ballista Worm Coil Engine. You know, the Mono Green Tron deck. Nothing to see here. True. Let's see. There's an Orzov Smallpox deck in ninth. Hang on, we're looking at this. Blood Gas. Oh, you're paying for it. Hey, there's Stoneforge Mystic. There she is. Hey, finally. She's bringing the germ. Okay, then we've got... Gideon, Ally of Zendikar, Liliana of the Veil. Of course, you've got Batter Skull and Sword of Fire and Ice. Fatal Push, Inquisition of Kozilek, Lingering Souls, There's Smallpox, and Thoughtseize. Oh, this is cool. I love Smallpox. This is a great card. <laughs> the card, Smallpox. I love the... I know, I know. I was just taking it out of context, turning it into a ringtone. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I love Smallpox. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Moving on. Blue She's control. also in the 10th place deck. What is what? Stoneforge, Stoneforge Mystic is also in the 10th place deck. Oh, uh, yeah, because you just throw a batter skull and a sort of feast and famine, and that's all you need. Gets the job done. Add in some Snapcaster Mage, because you're a horrible person, and Jace the Mind Sculptor, because you eat babies. What? Yes, I see. No, 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 those were already in the deck. Oh. Those babies were already on the main. Yeah, yeah. And two different Teferis. Yes, I do want to officially flip the table, light it on fire, flip it again, light it on fire some more. And then... Only to realize it rewound. So in 11th place, we've got Devoted Devastation. So I know Devoted Druid. What is... Oh, Finale of Devastation. Finale of Devastation. What are you getting with Finale of Devastation? Um, I generally oh, get I guess that anything Ooze. because it gives it plus X plus X and a haste. Okay. Yeah. So you can get whatever the hell you want with your finale of devastation and swing in for the for the murder. Okay. Well, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> Also, they're Stoneforge Mystic here. Okay, so you're using your Devoted Druid and your, uh, what's the other card? The Vizier of Remedies to get the infinite mana thing. You know the deal. 
It's been around for a yeah. while now. Okay. There's a gift storm in 14th. Let's look at this Jund deck in 15th. Wait, wasn't there a Jund deck back in like third? Was there? No. What there was? No. No. Okay. I'm I'm just imagining things. About yeah, I was Jund. gonna say. I'm, I'm pretty sorry. sure we haven't talked about. Oh Jund. no, no, that's right. We mentioned Jund when we were looking at the metagame breakdown. Never mind. Yeah. All right. So this is what you'd expect, but they've added Ren in six. Because Renin 6 on 2 with a fetch land is kind of, uh, sick. Yes. Yeah. That looks like it's just the Jund deck we know and love with Renin 6 added in. Okay. Got it. And I guess that's probably good enough. The rest of this looks pretty... Pretty normal for modern. There will be more modern. There will, yeah. So that's our first... That's not what I wanted. That's our first post-banning uh, modern. Let's go check the classic. Oh, how many people were in these, by the way? I didn't even look. Oh, I didn't either. The Open had 636 survivors oh. of Hogak Summer. So close. How about the classic? The classic had 181. Okay. Still, Sarah Palindromic in Dallas. Still a pretty good uh, amount. Jake Perella has one playing Dredge with the... Uh... Wow, Dredge without Faithless looting, and it's still working. So, hey! How about that? Good news, you can still not play Magic. Huh, neat. Uh, Riley Vogel in second was on Eldrazi Tron. Drew. How do you say his last name? Eafrate. That's what I was thinking. All right. Well, he was on Burn in third. Burn. Uh, Cameron Glass is on Jund in fourth. And Alexander Bosserman is on Jund in fifth. Jund him out. Jacob White is playing Titan Shift in 6th. We've got an Orzhov Stoneblade deck. What? In 7th by Jason Bryant. There she is. Oh my god, look at this. Tide Hollow Sculler, Dark Confidant, Stoneforge Mystic, Kalitas, Lily of the Veil, Batter Skull, Sword of Fire and Ice, and then Removal. And Hand Disruption and Lingering Souls. Yep. All comes together. That is, yeah, that's a modern Stoneblade deck right there. Yeah, sure is. Huh. Okay. And then there was Burn in eighth by DJ Burn. McGee. What he said. As you do. Okay. So let's check out the standard classic and get out of Dallas, for God's sake. Uh, how many people were in the standard classic? 62. Say that again? 62. Oh. Wow. As stated, less than modern. But like way less. Didn't even break like a third of the modern classic. Alright then. That... Uh oh. There were six up. rounds. 
Nice. Well, let's do this quick then. Uh, Dylan Hand is on the Kethis the Hidden Hand combo. That I'm not gonna lie, I don't know how this works. It was explained to me once, and I went, uh huh, and I don't care. But it's the Kethis combo deck. If you know how it works, who gets to hide the hand? If you know how it works, write it down on a piece of paper, crumple it up, throw it away. You'll be glad you did. Fair enough. Take that, nature. Uh, David Whitcoff in second on the Boros Feather deck. Oof, this deck. No. I, I've played against this this deck. Uh, Noel Wilson playing Monored Aggro in third. I approve. Of course you do. Your 20 Mountains. That's the land base. Mike Sashinsky? Maybe? That's that's probably really close. On Boros Feather in fourth. Uh, Jason Tams is on the Kethis combo in fifth. Dylan Kirkpatrick on the Esper Control deck in sixth. Preston Butler playing Orzov Vampires in seventh. And Marcus Acosto on the Sultai midrange deck in eighth. Oh, wait. Chat explained it. You see, Chewie, it wins because your opponent keeps moving a lot of cards in a lot of different zones and getting the back, and then they look at you and go, and I just do this forever and eventually win, and you go, yeah, I bet. Game two? That Yeah, that sounds right, actually. Yeah, checks out. Yeah. It's that or missing lunch. <laughs> also, it's all rotating in a few weeks anyway. Don't worry about it. This is true, yeah. So there you go. That's Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, yeah. Goodbye, Daps. So let's go to Indianapolis then. All right. Team Modern. Even better. Wait, it's Team Modern? Oh, it it is. is. Team Modern. Well, that's awkward. How many things? 330 teams. Okay. Well, let's check out the... Oh, God, you guys can't see this, can you? Uh, What Um. if I use... This one? Nope, that's even worse. Well, okay, just trust me there. We've got uh, stuff here. The day one breakdown, there were uh, 12% of it was burn. I like it. That number went up to 14% for uh, day two. 120 decks in day one and uh, 17 in day two. Uh, Mono Green Tron was in second on day one. It was in third on day two with a 10% uh, showing. Let's see. Day two had Wurza at almost 12%. Day one had it at 7% of the meta. And you know what? This is awful. Let's just not look at this. It's a Google Sheet. Yeah, so let's just look at the top four. Who who won this damn thing? Because I doubt these are in order. Well, maybe they are. So let's see, we've got uh, Muhammad Qadi, Joseph Karani, and Kevin Brown. Hopefully I didn't screw those up too bad. Uh, Playing, let's see, Wurza. Does it really only give us one list? Are you serious? Guys? I don't uh, see more. How does this work? Wait, wait a minute. What are you talking about? What? 
I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the where I see that. Okay, uh, if you scroll down, you should see the next list. Oh, this is the I same see... guy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this a different guy, the same team. Okay, I thought it was a new team for some reason. All right. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's it's three deck lists, then the next team, then three deck lists. Yeah. Just the format because this giant white space here threw me off. I guess. Okay. Yeah. No. No. That's fair. I was trying to look something up, and uh, you you caught me off guard there. I thought right. everything was. So the void confuses yeah. all. So we've got where's uh, Jeskai Stoneblade and Burn by the winning team. Oh, uh, did these guys finish second? Bernal Hoytenjem. Yes. Okay. Joseph Bernal, Matthew Hoey, and Andrew Tenjum were playing Blue White Stoneblade Humans. Whoa, humans. Blue White Stoneblade. Wait. Snapcaster, Stoneforge Mystic, Vendiclick. The others were also Azorius Control, according to Star City. So it's not that big of a jump. Okay. Yeah. This is the Blue White Control deck. I was like, this looks vaguely familiar. They just added four Stoneforge Mystic, one Batter Skull, and one Sword of Feast and Famine. So yeah, this is what we saw already. Okay. Humans, which we haven't seen for uh, a while high enough to say out loud. And then Burn again, of course. Uh, third place. I'm going to assume these are in order now because one and two were Nick Roller, James Moskul, and Jonathan Zolot. We're running Jund. Which looks like Jund, yep. Uh, the Urza-Stoneforge combo. What? Okay, so this is the... Hang on. I don't see Wear of Invention, so this isn't the Wurza deck. But a lot of this looks similar. Because it's got sort of the Make and Thopter Foundry. And it's got Urza and Goblin Engineer, but they've added Stoneforge Mystic. So it's a different flavor of the deck. And then a monogreen Tron deck, of course. And uh, to answer a question that did come by in chat earlier, how uh, Constructed works in these team events, it is unified deck rules, which means, uh, yeah, you can only have four of any card total amongst the decks. Oh, this was unified other, modern? Other, uh, as far as I know. Team Constructed tournaments, this is from... Uh, this is from uh, the, the Magic Tournament rules. Uh, Team-constructed tournaments use unified deck construction rules, except for cards with the basic super type. No two decks on a team may contain the same card based on its English card title. Oh, no, that's even more strict. Yeah. It isn't just the four of. It's, yeah, if I use it, you can't. Mm. Does, does that seem to jive with the deck lists that we're seeing? I don't know. I haven't been paying that much attention. Usually they hey, well, gonna... they specify when they're uh, unified modern. Um, and in the uh, cfbevents.com slash fact sheet, I don't see... Well, again, from the tournament rules, team-constructed tournaments use unified deck construction rules. Huh. Well, there you go. Clearly, since it's a team event, we didn't care enough to look into it, so apologies. But not really. But glancing at these lists, I think that holds. It could be, yeah. It checks out. 
All right, well, let's go to the third place team, which is Chad Harney, John Hobbs, and Allie Warfield. Playing Wurza, Grixis Death Shadow, and... What? Oh, there's a video here. Uh, Green White Eldrazi. Let's see here. One... Four Bloodstained Mire. I don't see... Huh, yeah, you might be right. Two Watery Grave here, one Watery Grave here. One Steam Vents here, one Steam Vents here. Huh, okay. Interesting. They used to specify that. Yeah. If anyone out there knows something that we don't, put it in the chat. Wait, was this On this topic, place that I just read general. off? This was fourth place I just went right off. Excuse me. Why do I know the name Allie Warfield? Is she a Twitter person, y'all? Possibly. I recognize the name as well. I think she's a Twitter person. Hey, chat. Back, back me up here. Is this right? Good job. <laughs> okay, then. So that was... Well, that's that's the GP. Yay. Yeah. yeah. And we are done. Thank God because I'm about to die in this uh in this chewy onesie. Yeah, how's the uh, how's the temperature going there? It is not uh comfortable in the slightest. I am so sorry. I am the one who actually has fire in the room. But it's over there. With Liliana. I am certainly not trying to kill you with that onesie. That would never happen. Much. Oh, she's Arctic Mebo. That's what. She is a Twitter person. Okay. So I knew I knew this person from some reason. Aha. Okay. Let's wrap this up then, gentlemen, because it's hot. Fair. So be it. Well, in that case, you can find me on Twitter at SqueeGoblinNabob. There's no I in Goblin because, well, we don't talk about what happened to it earlier today. Um, instead, I would just say that I had a wonderful time at DragonCon. I enjoyed it, and then I survived a hurricane, so that was nice too. And this weekend, I'm going to go to the beach, which is the exact opposite of this dark room. I will enjoy that as well. And beyond that, I saw the new It movie. It was very long. I did not realize the movie was nearly three hours long. Which one? It Part 2. Really? I never did see Part 1 because I didn't have any friends that wanted part to Part 1 was movie. really good. I didn't see Part 1 because I don't like horror movies. I do, but none of my friends do, so I just had to miss it. Because I'm not going to go see a horror movie in the theater by myself. Because then I won't sleep. I enjoyed the first one. I also enjoyed the second one, but the second one was too long. Um, Beyond that, I think that's actually all I'm going to say. So I will hand it over to Clues, who is currently a Jedi. Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Yes. 
Okay, hey, if you want more from me, you can find me on the Twitters. I'm at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. I was just informed that we have show notes and that I should occasionally look at them. So that's kind of nice. Um, I haven't really done anything interesting or seen anything interesting. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. It's, uh, yeah. we're back in school. So yeah, I, I don't have, don't have time to do those things, but stick around for, uh, the odds and ends. If you're not, uh, Chewy will tell you all about how to get a hold of the odds and ends, but you definitely should. Cause I have stories. I have stories for the after odds and ends. Oh, you do. They have four I letters do. in them. There may be swearing in the odds and ends, by which I mean there will be swearing in the odds and ends. Nice. All right. So uh, I guess that's it from me. Take it away, Wookie. All right. Well, I would like to direct everyone to go to twitch.tv slash the mana pool whenever you are hanging around on Monday nights or Thursday nights because that's where we do Monday Night Magic and the Manipool Podcasts live. Yeah, you could join in. You could have been watching all of this nonsense the entire time. You see? There were visual aids. There were. So, also go to youtube.com slash themanipool to watch those videos once they go up. The Mana Pool goes up on Sundays. Monday Night Magic goes up on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. But that's not all. There's a whole mess of stuff that goes up every day. There's at least one YouTube video every day. Uh, lately, let's see, what's going up on YouTube? I've started Shovel Knight, the Plague of Shadows DLC. After two years, I went back to Shovel Knight. Timely. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it sort of is timely because the third and final DLC is coming out soonish. I think by the end of this year, they said, I think. And the, uh, they announced a new game, Shovel Knight Dig. So I was like, you know, I have to go back and play the DLC. So I am. And I'm playing the Plague Knight DLC, which is the full campaign as Plague Knight. Which is awesome because huh. Plague Knight is completely different than Shovel Knight. He throws explosions. Yeah. That is a different form of deconstruction. It's true. Um, what else? I've got some Dota Underlords videos that will be going up soonish once I get them edited. I swear, I thought there was something else. Oh no, I just finished Titan Souls and I did do the Hearthstone Tavern Brawl from last week, which is a little mini adventure. Like solo adventure thing. It only had five bosses, but it was really funny. So I put it up on uh, YouTube. But that's what's going up there. And remember, there's one video every day and the podcasts. And uh, yeah. So if. You want to help support what I do with this insane amount of content creation. There's two podcasts a week, one YouTube video every day, and uh, the streams. I do, you know, three or four streams besides the podcasts every week. That's a lie. I do two or three streams besides the podcast every week. There we go. Hmm. Lots of stuff, lots of stuff. So if you want to help support what I do with that and also, you know, help me 
raise our Dark Lord. There are a variety of ways to do that. You can use our Humble Partner link if you buy PC or Switch games on HumbleBundle.com. We've got a link. It's in the description. It's in the show notes. It's down in the panels here on Twitch. Anywhere that I post stuff, it's there. So you don't have to look very far. Uh, If you buy anything on Humble Bundle using my link, then it benefits me directly. So thank you. Uh, you can subscribe here on Twitch if you've got Amazon Prime. You've got Twitch Prime, which means you get you get one free subscription to give out every month. So please do use that every month. Otherwise, you're just not giving money to some poor streamer. And by all means, feel free to throw it at me. I appreciate it. He will accept your gift. I will. And, and remember, use- it's September, so normal subs are half price. Like, subscriptions, subs, not sandwiches. Sandwiches still cost the same, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think you can buy those on Twitch.tv anyway, so... And you can... Do not eat anything you buy on Twitch.tv. Accurate. And you can measure angles. No, that's subtending. I'm sorry, never mind. Yeah, no, no. Um, And the most direct way to help support what I do is to go to patreon.com slash themanapool and become a lifeguard. The lifeguards get a variety of perks. You can get Manipul episodes and all the YouTube videos early. Uh, you can get access to the odds and ends, all the stuff recorded before and after both Monday Night Magic and the Manipool. It's uncensored and unfiltered, and it's just behind-the-scenes nonsense. Like, the one for this show was us getting the lighting and everything set up uh, so we could do this super spooky Monday Night Magic 666. And then Clues has stories for the after show. I do. Yeah, those, it was asked in the chat, those are still miserably far behind. Like a journey through time. The plan is to get them caught up by the end of this month and then start releasing the odds and ends. Like every Tuesday, just do the odds and ends. Because this is ridiculous. The problem is I'm, I'm doing the driving thing again. And when they call me for a drive, because that pays real money that I need to you know keep the lights on, I have to go do it which means I have to get the YouTube videos and the podcasts and whatnot. I have to give them first priority. So I fall behind. But again, if I can get caught up again, which I'm making, I posted four today. Four? Four. Yeah, four. That's what chat says. Yeah. So the number that is death. uh, Death is four. In Japanese it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. I think I knew that. I played a couple Japanese horror games. But anyway, and finally, you can get the sponsorship shout-out, which uh, you get on both podcasts and on the end screen for all the YouTube videos. So I'd like to thank our mythic lifeguards. Whew, here we go. Jason Doan, Kim Ho, Andrew Hunt, Al, Lance Delicious, Team Uhelas Haru, Connor Kennedy, John Morris, Alex Gonzalez, Scuzzo, Jeff Spencer, Stuart's Law, PJ McMullen, Sophia Bertain, Casey, Fayen Says, Danny Liao, Cody Buckowing, Jake Jansen, Jason Kaus, Gothic Man, Brian DeLucci, Stark Maximum, John Parker, Violet Moon, Beardy Man, Dan Holm, Bartle, Sarah Jane, and the Beast Father, Aaron Goodwine. Yeah. So, your uh, monthly subscription on Twitch, or using the Humble Link, or especially Patreon helps me keep the lights on and keep just throwing out this insane amount of content for a one man show. Cause who, 
As you can see, he requires more subscribers because the lights are not on. It's true. All I have, all I have is this light. He only has the Wookiee stand to keep him safe. And that's pitiful. So... And Pinball Witch says, what about my 10 plus 1 bits? Yes, bits also help. Those go directly into my pocket once Twitch pays me. So thank you. But that will be the end of Monday Night Magic, number 666. <laughs> Good. <laughs> my evil laugh uh, makes me tired. It is exhausting. It is. It's also necessary. It's really hot. So as soon as we kill the stream, I'm, I'm, I'm stripping. I'm going to be sitting here naked. So. <laughs> the odds and ends. Yeah, so if you listen to the episode 666, post-show odds and ends, you will hear me naked. <laughs> so, We're sorry. That's all. At least you won't have cameras. Oh, yeah, I need to turn the camera back on for you guys, don't I? Right. No, just leave the lights <laughs> no, off. No, we'll we'll fill in the gaps. I mean, Insofar I have, as we will not fill in the gaps. I have some bleach for my eyes, but I'd rather not use it tonight. <laughs> that stuff doesn't get better when you try to wash it out, you know. So It's true, it doesn't. <laughs> Alright, well with that, we'll be done. So, thank you all so very much for joining us, and uh, go raise the dark light. Uh, uh, go play some magic. And his brand shall be known as Grizzle. Grizzle brand.